how can you how can you type into the microphone, Greg? I'm sure I'll find a way. You just gotta find a keyboard that has just like the standard white backlight and then get whatever keys you want. Can't you do the research for me? I mean, the recommendations off the top of my head, I would go Cooler Master Pro Series, which have a 10 keyless with or without backlights. And even if you have backlights, it's either white backlights or RGB backlights. So that would be one route. Those I don't are, really care for the RGB. I'll just go white backlights then. Find it. Give those those are pretty easy to find. Your alternative after that, you're starting to get into more esoteric keyboards. What does esoteric keyboards mean? You can't just like hop on Amazon and buy them. You have to make them yourself. I mean, you can. That is that is a thing. You hmm. can buy the PCB. You can buy the actual individual switches. That seems it's, way too complicated. I don't want to well, do that. You know, some people do that. No. There not there one on the mashup right now that has the hot swappable switches? I mean, I could look, but I don't know. Do you do you hear how your voice is cutting out when you go like this? Well, you told me to look at the computer. Well, do it as long as you talk into the damn microphone. How can I look at the computer and type in the Put microphone? Put it in front. Of <laughs> <laughs> look in the computer and type in the microphone. How can you how can you type into the microphone, Greg? I'm sure I'll find a way. Yeah. Greg, what's this new sticker? Is that with the microhub? I guess so. I don't know. Colin gave it to me. Isn't that isn't that the new GitHub dude? Wait, they have a new GitHub dude? The the post Microsoft GitHub dude? What why would they do that? I don't know. They just decided to give everybody free repos this weekend. Did you see that? I did, and I was kind of like, why why am I paying? I don't get it. That's they're what so, I was thinking. They're too. so I stupid because like, I was fine paying seven dollars for it. I was fine paying seven dollars for it too. Microsoft doesn't care; they just want the data. That's weird. It's weird. It's uh, they're probably taking a loss on the customer acquisition, but they're probably going to end up making it back on the Azure. Hmm. Have they added more Azure stuff in there? No, but I think the idea is that. So here's my here's my grand unifying theory of what Microsoft is doing. Yeah. S- step one: acquire users through GitHub. Okay. Right. Make it free. Make it way way better than anything GitLab could possibly do in the million years step two new chromium based browser and electron based code editor right Mm -hmm. because the chromium thing and I've heard this from a couple different places the chromium thing for the browser is not about the browser it's about electron interesting right so if you're building a browser out of chromium you're going to be contributing a ton of code to Chromium, which in turn improves your electron experience. So if, if you're in a position like Microsoft where you're like, I want to build something as tightly integrated as Visual Studio proper, but for Joe JavaScript developer, the way that I'm going to do that is not necessarily from Visual Studio code, but further upstream. Don't they have that like technology in Visual Studio Code that's super super fast and well? That's the, that's the thing. They took the early stages of like the 1.0 of Electron, which 
as we've seen with Adam, they couldn't figure out how to make it fast. You have Microsoft and like a handful of people on the weekend figure out how to make it fast. And then they keep making it faster every single month. That's crazy. Yeah, but don't they have that like proprietary? It's not proprietary. It's all open source. But the thing is, they made it faster. Yeah, they made it faster with the work that they're doing that they're contributing back to Electron and their own open source uh, repo of Visual Studio code itself. But how come other Electron apps aren't as fast as Visual, Visual Studio code? Because Microsoft making a weekend project out of Visual Studio code still can throw 10 times the amount of resources that Joe open source maintainer guy can do in a weekend. So but aren't they doing something particular to make visual studio code faster? Cause can't they just, if they gave that code back, all electron apps would run faster. I don't think it's, I, I think it's more the actual VS code layer rather than the actual electron layer. Mm-hmm. So here's, here's my third leg of the, the grand theme, grand unifying theory is that now you have a first class JavaScript development environment you make it super dead simple easy to hook into azure from there you're done every single person on the planet earth is like what is aws if you have a if you give me a button that says hey deploy my gatsby built site to an azure backend give me a domain done and i mean companies are on aws but i mean any joe schmo developer will do that probably right but i, I think that it's not necessarily about taking AWS customers. It's more about let's create this one seamless beginning to end pipeline. And all of it is under our umbrella and all of it is controlled all at once. Right? So if you have a GitHub repo, you have a deployment on Azure. I mean, what they could do is just give you a free website, like a free Gatsby site or maybe two or three per account. And then they'll take people away from AWS. I mean, they probably could. They're not, I don't think they're at the point. The, the thing about AWS is that it's so, there's so many people on it. That's why it's so cheap that they can serve it up at such a low price and still make money on it because there's bazillions of people on it. Azure is not quite there yet, but Microsoft still has the resources to where they can get it there, right? They can make the investments to pack in more servers on their hardware or whatever it is that they do to make it run. So eventually to get there, hmm. Microsoft has seen the light. They know what AWS is doing. They're like, oh, we can do that easy maybe so that's my theory it's my conspiracy theory is that your your 2018 2019 preview 2019 preview 2019, yeah maybe. i don't even know what year it is 2019 preview. it's 2019 yeah. i don't know if that would count as a preview i think that that's maybe a longer term play maybe like a five-year play hmm. maybe yeah that's like episode like 500 i think no that, that's, no, that's, no, that's way further that'd be like episode like 200 or so one a week, I mean, 52 weeks, five years. It's what, 250? 25, yeah, 250 or so. 10 years. 10-year yeah. goal. Yeah. <laughs> Can we do like a reminder like there is on Reddit? Remind me in five years. <laughs> that we're only halfway there. No. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me to gloat to Greg about how right I was about how Azure took over the world. Yeah. They might get there before we get to 500 episodes. I would, I would say that they're probably going to get there before 500 episodes. Unless we start recording one a day. That would be nuts. I don't even know what I would say. Greg, I don't like about. you that much. I don't want to hang out. <laughs> <laughs> we used to hang out every day. What are you talking about? That wasn't hanging out. I was, I was paid to sit next to you, Greg. Really? <laughs> really? You liked your job that much? Really? <laughs> no, that's a joke. I did enjoy sitting next to you for a while. We only really sat next to each other for like that last little bit. Yeah. 
for a little bit of context, listeners, Greg and I used to work together for quite a long time. And we kind of evolved into like when I first started there, you were working on a different project. I was working on a different yeah. project. I didn't really know you that well. And then we met and started like our project started to like converge. So we started working kind of more in each other's orbit. And then for the last year or so, we were basically on the same projects all yeah. the time. And then the last few months we were literally sitting next to each other. Yeah, that was true. Which was a little, it was a little uncomfortable, but it was okay. I mean, for who? <laughs> Probably me. <laughs> Probably me. Yeah, we're we're in a room with a bunch of other developers, affectionately known as a war room. And yeah, I sat next to you. Having a real war. <laughs> planning a real war. Well, like planning and involving being in a real war. Yeah. It's so like those, uh, like the TV shows and the movies and stuff. Like we're on 24 or something. Mm-hmm. We're at CTU and like we're seeing the, the real time status of like, ICBMs going on the earth. CVU, Computer Victims Unit. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're, con- is, that a, is that a new Law & Order spinoff? That's what that sounds I like. I don't watch TV, I don't know. Well, I mean, you've watched TV, you know what Law & Order is, I know right? what Law & Order is, you but know I don't what know. what SVU is, right? I mean, Special Victims Unit, I think, yeah, is that the one yeah, with yeah. ICT? Well, yes, that's the one with ICT, yeah. I mean, See, I know you that did, one. You know, you know. I've never seen an episode, but I know that You I have seen an episode. That's how you know that ICT is on I mean, it. I've seen like a, a part of it, like a preview of an episode on TV once, maybe. But the entire like last, I think, five seasons are on Netflix. That does not mean I'm going to watch them. Well, it's one of those things where you can just turn it on and like have it on. Or I can play Destiny and not do that. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's That's true. Greg, we're recording episode five. It's the sixth episode that we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to our zero index naming scheme. I mean, I feel like people have figured it out by now. I, I don't know if it's, it's harder to figure out that zero index naming scheme like later on. Right. If we're yeah. like, welcome to episode 206. Are Most people, people going to know that's like, the 207th episode? No, they're not. You're just going to have to drop it in the zero with episode. It'll be like a, like a preview episode. Channel trailer. Something like that. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, I liked our first episode, though. Yeah, I mean, it was a real episode. It wasn't a preview. It was, it's an actual episode. That's the thing. People Maybe we'll know. just have to keep keep mentioning it. I don't know. Yeah, or we'll just be like, it's the 200th episode, whatever. Do you feel like it's more professional on a podcast to have, like, a scripted introduction? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Because we could put it in the scripted introduction every week. But then you'll be like, this is the public function. And we have the zero, zero, zero with episode. Yeah. No, I don't, I weird. don't see you doing that. I don't see myself doing that either. No, we need like a commentator. We need like someone in the background just going, this is public function. Episode zero, <laughs> zero, one. Like a guy from one of those, uh, and one mixtape tours. Like you better guard him. <laughs> you better guard. like waving a towel over his head. You better guard him. Yeah. No, it's like the, it's like the infinite loop and see when you're like, trying to count down an array and you forget there's zero index and you're like negative one off the array length, that kind of thing, you know, real programming. No, I'm going to put the Pointers. crickets. I'm going to put the no. cricket sound effect right there. No. You just lost like half our audience. C really not even like C. I mean, you know, if you program stuff, you have to know that everything is C. So. I've literally never written a line of C in my life. I have. No, I'm not very good at it. Why? In school, you have to write C. I don't know. What I never doing. wrote programming. I never did programming in school, like as a class. Because well, no, you did like do business and yeah, I was an economics money major. And papers and things, yeah, and writing like words that. and. I did write a lot of words. I wrote a lot of words too, but I also wrote C. I didn't write any C. Maybe that's the difference. Well, you should have. What? 
<laughs> finance all the financial stuff is in C. Well, yeah, now, but like a million years ago when we when were did, undergrad. How old are you? When did you go to school? I don't know what you're talking about. I went to school in the early 2000s, right? This was pre-financial yeah, crisis. Do you know when C was made? 1942. I don't know. No, like, it was like 1960 something and 1970. It might as well have been 1824. Like, no, it's no, old, no, no, it's no, no, long no. enough ago. It was running the banking system while you were in school. Okay, so you know how when people talk about uh, dinosaurs and they talk about geologic periods in the earth and they have eras. Yeah, right? But, yeah, okay. The, 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 the amount of time that these eras take up are not even amounts of time, right? Like the mm-hmm. Jurassic era is not the same amount of time as the Cre- Cretaceous, Cretaceous yeah. era, right? The idea behind the eras is that, okay, this is a line, it's a line you're between drawing things yeah. that happened in the past that are no longer relevant to this area over here, right? It doesn't really matter when C started. It is before the line of what we would now call modern programming. What do you think that JavaScript is written in? What is Node written? I don't know. Brendan Ike, call us. C plus plus. Come on, come on the show. I mean, yes, everything comes from C. The underlying core language of Node is C. Right, but nobody's writing C. Yeah, no, they are. The underlying all the the, all the system libs that are in Node are all C. They're all C plus plus and C. Right, but you write that once. Well, someone is is like writing. I'm saying if I'm throwing up a WordPress site, V8 is written in C. uh, uh, Who who who's programming V8? I mean, the the people who write Node do do you do you in your line of work? the line of work that you were paid money to do to write actual C syntax. No, I have never been paid to write C. This, this is what I'm talking but about. But Java, you know, well, Java is similar to C, but it's not actually compiled to C. It compiles to assembly after the byte code. Compiling is one thing. The yeah, but it all writing, becomes C eventually. Right, but you you are not the one making it. You're not going... Actually, I think Java does compile from bytecode to a C to assembly or there's... There's ways that you can adapt C in like literally every language because they all compile the C. My understanding of what people are writing C for nowadays is embedded stuff. Languages themselves? Maybe, but it's more if you're actually writing C to do stuff. I'm going to let all the people at you because there's a lot of people that write that's, C. That's fine, guys. At Objective me. C is based on C. Like all these things are C. I don't know what you're talking about. Objective C is not C. Do you even know C. what a pointer is? Objective C is not C. Have you ever written a pointer? I would have to Google what a pointer is. I'm a terrible programmer, Greg. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what I'm talking about when it comes to this stuff. But I'm saying, who is actually writing actual C? Like, in your code editor. Your code editor is probably written in C, some of it. No, I'm saying, who, who, who amongst you... <laughs> who amongst you peoples... Who amongst you pro, fair programmers out there is actually writing C code and running that C code. Yes, a compiler technically is running C code, but the person who's running that who compiler is Who wrote the compiler? Not... Where'd the chicken come from? Okay, so the person... The egg? So, the so people who are writing compilers are writing C. That's one. Yeah. Right? I'm pretty sure the, the Mars rover is probably running some C. Probably, and so is SpaceX and all those things. The, the thing that lands itself on the, the course I still love you thing, that's probably written in C. Yeah. Like dope. if I'm deploying a WordPress site to AWS, is that uh, I'm not writing any C to do that? I mean, you can probably write a build script and make and use some C. Why would you if, do that though? I don't know because you're cool and you want to. Why wouldn't do people take, like make websites out of Fortran? I don't know. That, Street do people cred. actually do that? Yeah, they make web they make web languages out of Fortran. Can you write like front end code with Fortran? 
Uh, I think you can make it. Yeah, it would be like the templating engine. You would oh, make Jesus. it turn back HTML. I mean, one way or another, it's going to be HTML and CSS and maybe JavaScript. I don't know. If you're freelancing and somebody said, I have this Fortran website and I need you to make it into like modern code. I would just not How do that. How much would you charge to do that? I just wouldn't. You just would <laughs> Yeah, I know. I would just not do it. If somebody was like, we'll give you $2,000 an hour to do this. And you can tell us how many, I mean, however many hours you there's want. There's a few hours that I could, I could probably spend, they'd give me $2,000 per hour to research how to write in Fortran. So I'd get like at least eight hours of work. But you wouldn't actually do it. No, no. And then eventually I might then get to do like 10 hours of actual work. And then I, by the time I'm done, I've got like 50 grand. I feel like it would take longer than 10 hours though. Not to learn. I mean, Fortran, come on. It's like. No, but converting whatever the hell a Fortran website is into like react well no you would just take what their design is and shitty design because it's probably old and then turn that into something good what if the servers run in fortran i don't know then you got problems i mean then i would just get paid but they're want, paying me two thousand dollars an hour and it seems like it's under duress so i'm getting paid no matter what well what if they want uh server-side rendering with react on their fortran server <laughs> uh no i'm not gonna try to figure that out now yeah, that I mean, sounds they can like. Even build, I mean, we're already. It seems like it's like a requirement that I do it. So they're already paying me the two thousand dollars an hour. I could just tr- give it a shot and see what happens. Mm. I mean, I might have to like give up after a little while, but you, you know. might not actually finish it. But you you take a stab at it. Yeah, I mean, they're paying you hourly. What if I they're mean, like two? They're, what if they were? What if they said like two hundred dollars an hour? It's like it's an, it's enough to like pay the bills, but is it enough to deal with the insanity of doing? A I mean, do like I that? have any requirements on actually delivering the work? Oh yeah, you have to pay? deliver the work. I mean, do you? Do you have like it in your contract that you have to? What <laughs> if they put it in the contract? It sounds like these people who are doing this theoretical idea are paying me like under duress to do it. So I don't know if I like have to actually finish it. Well, part of the duress is that it's got to get done. But I mean, no, no, I don't do think not even for two thousand dollars an hour. Well, now you're changing the numbers. You just changed it by a power of 10. Okay, so for $200 an hour, you would not even, you would just say no. I mean, no, because with that, I would probably expect to get it done. But like, I don't know, 2000 an hour, uh, I could, I mean, if they if they knew that I didn't know Fortran and I had to like figure it out and they were willing to pay me, then sure. I mean, what are they going to do? But you have to deliver is the thing. Well, how much time, is there a time limit? You get a month. I mean, so now you're putting boundings and bounding boxes on it. But I mean, I guess eight hours a day for a month. $2,000 an hour? I'm pretty sure I would try to make that work because that's, I mean, I'm not doing the math. I mean, you're looking at 80K pre-tax. Yeah, you're better at math than me. Yeah, I mean, $80,000 in a month, you'd probably try to figure out how but to But it's got to work though. Oh, man. I Greg, don't know. I'm, I'm really pushing this because this, can this is- Can it actually be done? It like, might be. That's what I'm saying. A do you get to do like web server, could that be, could that be, it could be nuts. I it mean, could you be can terrible. do anything with any language. It's just spitting out text. Oh, jeez. I mean- WebAssembly, I don't know. Maybe. Web- <laughs> Does WebAssembly support Fortran? Speaking of 2019, WebAssembly. Does it support Fortran? I, I don't mean, know. Maybe. I don't know. But can you, can you build something in in Fortran that compiles to C? Because I know that WebAssembly can run C. Just straight C. I think it can Not run just straight down C. Not even compiling straight C. I think that's the whole point of WebAssembly. Yeah, I think it I can know. run C. I think Fortran might be far enough away from C that it doesn't. I don't know. I could look at the map of languages. Or like Perl or... COBOL or some nonsensical nonsense like that. What if you also have to do what like the NASA engineers from like the eighties had to do and use punch cards instead of version control? I mean, that might be kind of fun. Handwritten punch cards for version control. There's no, I mean, there's no way that'd be fun. You only live once. I think that's know. like the fourth level of hell. I don't know. 
I mean, you know, you only live once. So what are you, you going to try it? I mean, what are you going to do? What if you don't get any of the money if you don't finish? All right. Now you're now it's getting interesting. That's what I'm saying. You have to finish. You have to deliver. That's I mean, I can get a lot of, of destiny done in a month. And that's true. It'll all be done. I won't like not, not get it. You'll get your enjoyment out of it. What's, uh, what's new in destiny? Have you been playing a lot like over the break? Oh man, I've been playing a ton. They had uh, double and triple valor for PVP over the break. Oh yeah. So I played a ton because I'm trying to get Redrick's Broadsword mm-hmm. and I was able to get, you basically have to reset your Valor rank five times in a single season, which is really hard normally. So I got, I had one of the resets already done and then I had three of, two of them done during the break. And then I did one of them where I did half of it after the Triple Valor and it took like four hours to do the first thousand points because it's 2,000 points for reset. It took four hours to do the first 2,000 points or 1,000 points in during triple valor and then it took the rest of the week to do the other thousand the week after that seems like a lot yeah it's so much harder so i was like really pushing to get the valor done during the break because the season i think the season ends in like march but they only do like one more triple valor weekend before the season ends Mm. and i kind of also want to focus on getting uh luna's howl which is a hand cannon that sounds dope yeah they're pretty cool guns when did when did the season that ends in march when did it start Started in the end of, uh, I think, October. I'm looking. of the. So it's like five resets in five months? The season of the Forge begins today in Destiny 2. This is an old article. November 27th. So yeah, I think so it's, it's, it's like three months. So November 22nd, and then till December, January. So I think it's like Feb- the end of February. Switches. So like right mm. around March. Okay. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of work. Greg, if you could make a living either being a Destiny professional, Destiny player, or our podcast, which would you prefer? Hmm. I mean, as a if I was professionally a podcast, I mean, I would only have to talk so many hours a day on a podcast, and then I could still play Destiny. Well, let's say, let's say you had to put an equal amount of time into both. So the amount of time that you put into Destiny and the amount of time that you put into podcasting, you make the same amount of money for living. Which one would you rather do? Probably podcasting. I would get sick of playing that much. I do have a At limit. At a professional level where you have to like practice and stuff. I mean, I'm really not like the best at PVP. Like I'm not bad, but I'm not like professional level. Well, let's just assume you have the skills to be a professional. Wow. You have a lot of hypotheticals. Well, there, there's so a you're reason. You're going to put a bound on it. You have to no, learn no, there's, a, there's a reason for all this because I, I have uh, some, some more fun questions for us at the end of this. Mm. Speaking of 2019. All right. Um, I think if I had to put the time in, if I had the time to practice, I still, I don't like making jobs out of my hobbies. Mine Mm. is programming. Like programming kind of like has this balance where it's like, it's really interesting to me. I like doing it, but I can like do the work during the day for eight, you know, six to eight hours or whatever, and then put it down and then forget about it and then forget about it. And then maybe think about it here and there, but like, or if I need to learn something, I can keep learning it or whatever. I don't know. I can, I can do that for hours, like a hobby. But I can also want to put it down and then play. But what I don't want to do is make it so that I have to like wake up during the day, wake up early, like stream because that's probably a requirement. So I'd have to do more like on screen and be like interesting and all that stuff. You have to be a personality. Like you have to be a personality in a podcast. I mean, I'm not really a personality, but I, I mean, I think I can do oh, voice. I, I would beg to differ, Greg. We have a lot of feedback. People, people seem to like. Oh yeah. How you sound? Are they all the people we know? I mean, yeah, but that's okay. <laughs> we know we know everybody that follows the podcast. We're, they're all internet friends. We, we are all internet friends with them. Ah, 
Yeah, I mean, I think I, I can talk, I think, is pretty obvious if you know me. Um, I think I can talk about stuff, but I'm not like, I'm not like super animated or like super interesting. So I don't know. We have to have like a shtick. If I don't you have a shtick. wear I just, funny I hats or. Oh, on, on, on streaming. When you stream, yeah. But the podcast, the idea behind the podcast, you just listen. Yeah, so it's I mean, all about I'm, your words. I'm, it doesn't matter more, what you look like or, or yeah. how tall or short you are. I'm you very short. I'm only like four feet tall. Oh, well, I think that counts as a disability. Mm, maybe. Do you, do you answer that if you're four feet tall, would you answer that you would have a disability on the, like if you're applying for a job or to ask you, do you consider yourself as Probably someone Probably not. A and I think we're bordering on getting some hate mail. Well, the, <laughs> I bring this up because I've seen these questions and they've kind of evolved a little bit over time where it's gone from asking, do you have a disability? Yeah. To, do you consider yourself to have oh, a it's disability? Getting like much more. It's uh, more like you choose personal, exactly yeah. how it is. They also have like lists. Some of them have lists of what they, what they, they're like suggestions, suggestions like, like Hey, are. do you think you may be able to consider yourself as someone who has a disability if you have some of these. And then you have kind of the ones that you expect on their sort of blindness or deafness or things like that. But then I've also seen things like agoraphobia, mental handicaps, which agoraphobia would fall under, right? Or any sort of um, other more mental health related quote unquote disabilities. So I, I, I've noticed it and it's, looks like progress to me and that's why i wanted to point it out yeah i mean people should be able to people should be telling people how they're disabled that's kind of you know they can determine if they can do a job and if they can they can do it yeah so that's cool i once i once saw a video from a microsoft Bell conference from a few years ago uh where they had a gentleman who was legally blind uh and he wrote some code in visual studio live during this thing so it's a combination of a screen reader and I think he actually just had a regular laptop, like a regular keyboard. So he I knew a, I'm, this is bringing up a challenge in my mind. Okay. So this is what's going to happen. Blind programming. No, you are going to program only dictating to Siri. Oh Jesus. And you're going to see if it works on a laptop. Are you going to let me borrow your laptop so I can do that? Cause that's the only place where that's going to work. I I don't know. Sure. I mean, I guess if that makes it easier, you'd be able to. You have to tell her like, if this, then that, and she'd be like, well, I don't. Can we search the web for if? <laughs> here's a web search for function. Yeah. Here's a web search for function. Oh, public function. Public wow. function first. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's on. Uh, that's on iTunes. There. Oh yeah. 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 Public functions definitely. Should we should we like pay money for AdWords so we get like pushed up in search results and stuff like that? I don't think you can do that in iTunes, but like actual web search results like in Google, we could probably do that, right? Maybe, but I don't, I don't know. I mean, I I think things live or die by their just if they're good. I don't think that's true at all. Well, I well, do. this actually. I mean, I think nicely. you should do a little bit of marketing, but like you kind of have to like flesh out whether or not you have like a, a process for having the podcast and like what you're talking about, and then you get people listening, and then they naturally grow. Yeah, but if, they, if they've never heard of it, they won't listen. This actually, I'm glad you bring this up because I wanted to bring up the fact that our last episode that we put out right before Christmas. Yeah, Christmas you mean the one Eve, that you edited and we were supposed to be talking about picks for 2018 well, and I talked about that was a weird situation. Well, that was a weird situation. We yeah. talked, we, we basically had to make two episodes out of one recording session. I mean, you did a good job editing that. I, I, I do okay sometimes. But we put that episode out and we talked about Gatsby for forever and the Gatsby 
Twitter account retweeted us like right away, like immediately. Yeah, do you think they actually listen to it? I don't think the, they actually listen to the it. The first thing I said was like, there's a lot of things wrong with Gatsby. Yeah, I, I don't think they exactly actually listen like to that. it. I don't think they actually listen to it, but they did retweet us. We did get a little little, little bump from that. We oh, got yeah? a, a few more uh, a few more listeners than we normally get. So That's cool. That was pretty cool. We got a bunch of new followers on Twitter, so that was cool. Yeah, I learned that you have to like not... Uh, sometimes you say stupid things because you're just talking and like stream of consciousness. I mean, none of the things you said were <laughs> stupid. I think it was a fair thing. Also, uh, whoever I mean, runs the Gatsby Twitter account is known for, they do post things that like talk about both the pros and cons. And we did have that in our actual description where it said the pros and cons of Gatsby. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know if they actually listened to it before they retweeted us, but they did retweet us. We did get some, some traction out of that. That was pretty cool. You know who else retweeted us, which is cool. It's a gentleman named Andrew Ryan Who's at that? the Big Red Geek. Andrew Ryan, according to his description, his bio... Says so head of cloud services at Gatsby JS. Yeah, they have this whole new thing that I was looking at afterwards. Um, they're doing like a whole thing where you can preview links, and you kind of just like tell the server that you want to publish a version of your site, and then it kind of builds it, gathers all the content, and then just pushes it to a preview link, which is that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, that's they're doing a lot helpful. of cool stuff. Yeah, so shout out to everybody at Gatsby for giving us a nice little bump. Shout out to Andrew. Shout out to if Kyle you're, and all those guys. If you're a Discordy type person, they did. Uh, on the Reactiflux channel, they did a Q&A, mm. which is pretty cool. That's neat. Yeah, they talked about like the future of it and what they want to do and where they're going with it. And it's pretty it's pretty interesting. That's cool. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of Gatsby. Yeah, they're having... Greg, they're Greg having, might not sound like it, but <laughs> we are. You know, I have an, like a, 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 an issue with so many different nitpicky things that I think a lot of people don't have issues with. So then I'll like find weird use cases then it doesn't quite work and then harp on those rather than like focusing on like what's actually like in that whole conversation about Gatsby, we never actually talked about like the obviously good things about it. Yeah. I think it's just because we both know they're well, in our minds, at least they're pretty obvious. Like yeah. there's certain things in it that are just like so good that you're like, okay. And then you kind of just focus on like the nitpicky kind of stuff. Cause it's more interesting or you're constantly thinking about it or whatever. Yeah. We've used it to build the things that it's good at many times over multiple times it's old hat for us yeah. so i know you have tried to use it on a couple of different scenarios where it may not necessarily be right in the wheelhouse of what gatsby is for yeah they they would beg to differ though because they're trying to make it um support static and dynamic or static and dynamic sites they yeah. kind of want it to be like a create react app plus is their kind of yeah. how they described it um i don't know if it's quite there but um i don't think create react app is that great either boom more bam, bam hot takes. more hot takes mark zuckerberg i mean tweet do you think him he even directly knows? do you directly think he even knows what create rack at is? gregorski dan abramoff yeah he knows tweet tweet at greg well i mean I think, greg's your new mortal enemy let him know no i just think that it's like they they're they're trying to serve a very specific purpose and the, the community is so large and so varied and like different skill sets and stuff so they try to create one way to build a react app yeah. My problem is is that every time I've ever used Create React app, I immediately eject because I just can't I, I can't deal with the default config of the of the Webpack stuff. And then once you eject, you can never get uneject. Yeah, that's true. So then you're kind of like, oh great. The eject I, the eject in Create React app is a little bit odd. It's it it's kind of like a self destruct button. It's really where you can't undo it. I yeah. I see why it's there and I see why people use it, but it seems a bit it goes a little too far. 
Yeah, and that's kind of like how Gatsby is too. Like it has a certain way of working and then if you want to get out and do something different, then you kind of have to do things and they've provided ways to do it, but they've kind of like hid. A lot of these things I think don't really, um, they're not really the issue with the the actual thing, like create React app or Gatsby is more in my opinion, it's just Webpack. how freaking confusing Webpack it's is. It's just Webpack. I mean, I've spent a ton of time learning webpack and i don't think i'm like an expert or anything but i've gotten to the point where like i've got i've found particular use cases that i've needed and then i've written webpack plugins yeah for it not like ones that i published just like a little one-off plugin in a project to make some specific thing work yeah like replacing text in the output of something like there's a ton of a ton of like webpack replace plugins just little weird they don't work though things that you have to handle yourself in a weird way that's not not the most productive use of time. It's also like not best practice, but like often things just have to be the way they are. Yeah. So you kind of have to get around them. Yeah. So we, should have, we should have them on the show. Webpack people, let us know. We'd love to. They would love probably to come in here and school us. Like I'm sure if you got oh, the yeah, people they that would, are in they there every teach day. You. Maybe that would be helpful. If, if yeah. we had the webpack people on, Greg, what would you ask them? I would just be like, teach me your ways. Teach because me. there is a lot of really smart stuff in there. It's just like, I mean, the community has been pretty well established on it's it's not that easy to learn. And it's not like yeah, I mean it's it's not like it's not the easiest thing to learn, but the their goal is to make it transparent to you. So like it can kind of that's why like Create React app can do so many different things or Gatsby can support CSS modules and style components, all these things out of the box. Yeah. Because they don't want you to have to like configure it. But the point is like Going back to the gulp days, it was like super confusing and like, well, gulp less so much than grunt. Grunt, grunt was like was, the old one with a ton hard. of yeah. configuration. And yeah. then you got to gulp and it's like, oh my God, streams. Yeah. And you're like, once you got that concept, you're like, okay, well, this thing funnels through this like callback situation with these, all these events and ons and all these things. And you're like, okay, that kind of makes sense. But then you can like pick and choose little pieces of what you're doing. And it's a combination of configuration and a little bit of code to make things work. But you go into Webpack and it's like there's all these different they kind of solidified it onto to loaders and modules and all the and plugins and all these things. And it's just not like they're it's also still really confusing. It is. They're it's trying to modify the way that require works. And then once you add in Babel, you're like, I don't even know what I'm writing. Like this stuff just doesn't even compile to like what I'm actually writing. And then you add in like yes, next features and all this stuff, and you're just like, well, what is going on? Yeah but you can make some pretty cool stuff. And JavaScript is kind of a gimped language without having those things. It yeah, becomes much better when stuff. you have them. But at the same time, you're like, these aren't actually things that the language supports yeah. yet. Going back to V8 and C, they haven't put them in the C code yet, so they don't oh, work in V8. Man. Yeah, full circle. Full so circle. it's like, you know, they. it's really, it's just a really challenging set. I think it's probably in 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 the, you know, the the seven or so years that I've been developing, I think that this world of, Webpack and Babel and React is the hardest one for the tooling, I think, yeah. that we've had. But yeah. then at the same time, React has a really neat surface layer. It's a very simple library to use if you understand the core concepts. But you, in order to use it, you kind of have to use, you don't have to use Webpack. You can write it directly. But, you know, you got to do React.createClass if you You're don't gonna use have a DSX. worse time yeah. without Webpack than you are with Webpack. Yeah, but then again, when you use Webpack, you're like, okay, I'm just going to turn on Create React App, I'm going to start writing classes, and boom, oh my god, I have a whole program, and I can build this whole website out of React. But then half the time, if you, say you go to like a coding school, they teach you how to do things in Create React App, and then you build something, 
you're like, oh, this is so easy. I just kind of boom, create React app, boom, add some components, boom, renders. Wow, that's great. It didn't crash. I have the red, you know, the red screens and the yellow screens, mm-hmm. the warnings and stuff, and it's really easy to debug. And they do a lot of stuff on their end to like capture set state loops and do things. But then you get to the point where you're like, okay, well, that doesn't work for me. I need to do something completely different. And then you just like sometimes just struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle with the ways that certain specific things work. I think this is the cycle of, of web development we've seen over the last, call it 20 years, is that you you you're, you have this space level of, this is the wild, wild west. It's very hard to put anything together. You have to write your own stuff. You're out there on your own. And then in reaction to that, there is this thing that comes along that does everything for you. Yeah. All of it that you could ever want. jQuery, Backbone. jQuery, Backbone. Angular. Ruby on Rails is a good example. Yeah. And it has all the configuration. You don't have to think about any of it. And, and it's then great. people use that for a ton and they're like, oh my God, Ruby on Rails is amazing. They it build does the really, one thing. really big companies out of it. Yep. And then they're like, oh. But it doesn't do this one thing that I needed to do. Yeah, it builds these monoliths. And then they're like, oh, well, now we have well, no. I, I, I want this square to be over here instead of over there. What, how do I do this? I yeah. want this route to say cars instead of vehicles. What do I do? Yeah. And it becomes a whole thing. Like you have this monolith and you have to modify just tiny little parts of it. And those tiny little parts add up over time. Yeah. And right? then you get spaghetti code. And then and you get spaghetti. And then head. you get this kind of de-evolution, kind of like how punk rock was a rejection of like the hair metal back in the 80s. Okay. In the 70s. <laughs> That's a weird analogy, I know. But yeah. like... <laughs> I mean, I get it. Punk but... rock is like supposed to be music, but it's without all the fluff. And it's you yeah. make it... The ethos of it is that you make it whatever you want. And so the reaction to full configuration is no configuration. Yeah. Just use components. And then people get tired of that. And they're like, well, you know, we, we got tired of you just like doing jQuery selections and manipulations of the DOM. We're going to make React. Oh, We're wow, we components. have this pattern. Yeah. And We're that's like this de-evolution. If you think about it, React, the, the concepts behind React are, is the de-evolution of jQuery. It's like, no, you don't worry about the DOM at all. Yeah, the DOM you, is like, a, and then you, you get WebAssembly and you're like, you just write C. And you just write C. I'm going to get you every time. Are we all, all going to be C developers? I mean, it's the fastest language besides assembly. That's true, but like, how, how do you write CSS in it? I mean, I'm sure your CSS favorite? compiles to C anyways. <laughs> Does it? Probably. It's directions to the V8 compiler. I mean, yeah, probably. I guess so. I don't know. I guess I can Google it. Fair listeners, can you let us know? Anyone who follows us on Twitter or, or anything like that, can you let us know how CSS and C work? There's a Quora article, but I don't think it's going to help me. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and say away from Quora. Because they were, I mean, LibSass is a C C plus plus implementation of a SAS compiler. So, I mean, C is everywhere. But that's SAS, though. What's well, the that's, actual that's, compiler? That's the yeah. compiler from SAS down to CSS. I thought. Yeah, but I think ultimately the CSS is going to be instructions for a C the V eight engine. Well, it's the JavaScript engine. I don't know. I'm sure it. I'm sure it does. It has to. Great. You seem like you really want to inject C into all these things that we do. I'm a C developer now. C at all. You're just I'm a, a C developer. Yeah, I'm a C developer now. Can you put that on your LinkedIn? Let everyone know. Sure. I'll be like, I'm the master of pointers. You still don't know C. what a pointer is. Is that the point like the, like on the linked list where you're pointing the yeah, thing to the other thing? Basically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Bam. Kind of like you're pointing, to, you're pointing to a memory address of something. But the problem with C is that if you actually, like one of the reasons why array, you have to know that like arrays are zero indexed is if you assume that they start at one and then you say like, what is the length of the array? And it's like, it's four. 
So then you start at one and you go to five. In JavaScript, you'll just get an error. It'll be like, oh, well, there is no fifth element of the array. Boom. But in C, you'll actually read from that memory address in the yeah, system. Yeah, because something else is there. Something's in the heap there. It's just it, not what stack. you think it is. And it could be something completely different. Like all those problems with like the Intel processors that were like mm-hmm. reading memory spaces they shouldn't be is mm-hmm. kind of like, I don't know if that was an actual C error, but it's like the in- the actual C compiles to like assembly like instructions like read this bit of memory at this memory address. But that bit of memory, that memory just could be your password. Yep. Or like, I don't know, your credit card number, theoretically, or part of your credit card number. Who knows? If it's a big enough memory address, if it's like a 32-bit thing, it can hold a credit card number easily. Yeah. I mean, even a 16-bit or anything. Everything, everything is C. Everything is C. I mean, if I put that on my resume, will I get a job like super fast? I mean, if you if you were to say that you knew how to program C and then you got a job, they would expect you to know how to program C, oh, and you barely know what a pointer is. So. I, could ju- I mean, I could just say <laughs> like I know JavaScript, which is quick. Greg on yeah, the public Greg function the told me that it was it just Greg on the C public anyways. function show told me that JavaScript is just C, and like I know JavaScript, so isn't that just C? I mean, you you may be able to like write a program that takes all of your JavaScript code and then compiles it down to C, and then you hand that you in. Just hand in, the- yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could, you maybe could do that. You write like a like a GitHub hook that runs the compiler yeah. before you it pushes your commit. It takes the JavaScript, runs it through V8, pops out C, and you're like, "There's your website." What do you mean? It looks great. What is that variable name? It's called, who knows? Like a, a sub one. Who knows? It, who knows what it's it would like be? An ASCII character. Or something? It's like an ASCII character. It's like yeah. the variable name is gibberish. Is that what? Uh, is that how Microsoft's going to take over the world? No, I think they know how to write C. Well, no, they're gonna they're gonna compile everybody's JavaScript that they check into GitHub into C, and so I they mean, can deploy it to Azure. Probably, or they'll just support everything on Azure. That was their whole new philosophy. They'll support like any language on Azure by compiling it all to C. No, by just like supporting everything because they <laughs> they'll just put like the the the, the engines on everything for Greg, every Microsoft, language. Greg, Microsoft's gonna take over the world. You have to like buy in. You have to. No. I mean, you know that Facebook their PHP engine is just C. It just compiles on C, yeah. Well, they actually write their PHP code in C, I think, and then they, they have this interesting language. I don't know what it's called, but they it's have like, a thing. Yeah, yeah. The, they have that, a thing. It thing. ends up in C. It ends up. Well, it starts in C and then ends in PHP. That's the thing. That's like the crazy. Oh, that's how the they made. Around. No, I think it starts. Maybe you know what? Early on, I think it started in PHP and then compiled to C because then they would make it faster on the server. Yeah, but I think that they can go either way. Because there's certain things that they do that are actually better in C, and they have the engineers to do it. They have like fifty thousand engineers. Is so, any of that stuff open source? I think that the, I think that the languages. Would everyone, they, they would everyone else even want to use um, that though? They helped build a PHP FPM. I thought. Uh, I mean, if I search for, it's going to be like the Facebook SDK for PHP, and no, no one wants to do that. Um. HHVM, that's what they built. Mm. Moving fast with high performance hack and PHP. It's an open source language with a just-in-time compiler. Yeah, I mean, oh, look at that. Compile PHP code directly to C++. So yeah, it's right. It's the other way around. But yeah. Yeah, because when he was at, when Zucky Zuck was at Harvard, he wrote PHP. That's what he learned in class. And that's where he wrote the original hot or not site it is, was php yeah that sounds cool yeah facebook open source contribute to this project on github mm-hmm. oh, microsoft you're so smart so smart 
Anyways, what is the what is the topic for this week? Do what we, is the topic? Should we just keep should we just keep and... going? We should keep going. I do have some. I have a little like lightning round quiz I want to ask you about for oh, 2019 wow. stuff. Okay, let's do that. What I is have it? A couple of questions off the top of my head. Uh, I hope I can answer them. Some some of them are multiple choice and some of them are open ended. Are they so like I'll you're going to quiz me on whether or not I know things? It's not quizzes. It's like kind of predictions. Okay, Why don't we just do shoot. it? Go for it. Why don't we just do it? Question number one. Okay. Speaking of Facebook, at the end of 2019. This is this is a true false. Is this yeah. gonna be like a hot take question where a you really bit. have a, a little loaded bit, yeah. question? Yeah, yeah, a little bit. That's a good gun in Destiny. I don't have it yet. The loaded question. Loaded question. That's yeah, a it's gun. A pulse. It's a, or it's a fusion rifle. That's a dope. We should name our podcast. Yeah, they have so many cool names. Jeez. There was memes of like the guns, and all the guns have like funny names. So loaded question these, is a great one. They made these memes that were like they said something, and it was a picture of the gun with the name of the gun, and they were funny. Start another podcast called Loaded Question, guys. Don't don't buy that domain yet. Anyway. Lightning yeah. round, 2019 predictions. 2019 predictions. Uh-huh. Okay, true or false? By the end of 2019, Mark Zuckerberg will still be CEO of Facebook. Um. Oh, it has to be lightning. Just, just, just whatever. Whatever yeah, your first answer is. By the end of 2019, I think he probably still will be. Yeah. I don't know. Is he the chair or is he just the CEO? He's CEO right now, but he's not the chair of the board. I don't think he's chair of the board, but he's CEO. Yeah, he's, I think it's in his contract that they can't make him not the CEO. Because I remember I, ha- I had like one share and they send you the, like the, the book on their, their corporate structure. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that they can buy his shares. So unless he actually steps down. But they can, they could theoretically fire him for cause. I don't I think. think they can. His contract is insane. Because he, you know, he's smart. I don't think that's why, the, that's why no one took it over early on. Mm. Well, he don't also, quote me on that. Well, but, he also did a bunch of shady stuff, like cutting a bunch of people out. I mean, sure. I mean, I saw the I saw the movie. Saw the movie. I know all these things because it's totally it happened on the silver screen. So it's exactly, totally, yeah, how really the movie true. Went. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that he will be because I don't think that they. I think he could step down if he felt it was in the best interest of like his dream to like connect the world through the crap that they have on Facebook that no one wants to use anymore. Um, but he wouldn't be forced out. You don't. Think? I don't think he can be forced out. No but, matter you know, how badly. Because they had a pretty can, bad 2018. They did, but can Mark? They could ask him. <laughs> these are funny can mark zuckerberg speak chinese can mark zuckerberg blink can mark zuckerberg read my chats can mark zuckerberg run for president can mark zuckerberg speak mandarin google autocomplete the answer to all those might be yes which is hilarious probably i actually agree with you oh, here we go first article okay. inc.com here's the surprising reason mark zuckerberg can never be fired from facebook pretty much regardless of what happens to facebook some public investors want zuckerberg out but he's not going anywhere plus the most lucrative sports contract really articles INC, like we don't care about those loop All we care about is Zuckerberg and his cool blue sweater. Yeah, I'm not going to read the whole article, but I don't think that he can be fired. I'm pretty sure it's in his contract. I remember that. Can be fired for anything ever? I don't think he can. I think he, the way he wrote his original deal was that he would get investors, but he can never be replaced as CEO. Okay, that doesn't... But he, I don't think that applied to chairman, which is why he's not the chairman of the board anymore. Mm. Or I don't know if he ever was. I think that was the deal. He would never be chairman, but so he, he could never not be CEO. He's a lifetime CEO no matter what. Yeah, I think so. That's crazy. Yeah, so yeah, I think he will be the CEO. Okay. Well, Unless that, he steps down because he feels like it's good for the company. No, but he would never think, he would always, he's the kind of person that would always think that him being CEO is good for the company no matter what. Yeah. So that completely changes the question because it's I actually agree question. with you. It's a loaded question, yeah. but I agree with you my basis for agreement would be that he would force uh, good old Cheryl to fall she on her might sword. Resign, well, no, they would make her the scapegoat. They would totally make I mean, her the scapegoat. kind of screwed up because he's probably mostly to, or even this equally to blame for sure. 
he is a hundred percent to blame. Well, I mean, let's let's it's let's everybody be real. on the, the the management team, all of them. But I don't know if he's any more to blame or less to blame than than Sandberg. I mean, well, I, I think that. I think What's that, the next question? I don't want to go into detail on Facebook. That's the whole podcast. That's true. Okay. What's the next lightning question? Next lightning question. Boom! Boom! True. No, this one is open ended. <laughs> so the next lightning question is. So let's assume that at some point in 2019, you're going to start a project using a technology that you've never used before. Mm-hmm. What do you think that technology is going to be? Any technology? I don't know. I think I've used a lot of the technology. Like name a few that it, that could be new. Because I, I don't. Maybe WebAssembly. I guess that would be interesting. I guess maybe. Okay. If you if there's is there one that you'd want to use that you've been like itching to use? No, I mean, I've used pretty... I mean, like, are you talking particular specific libraries or, like, entire technologies? Well, like, it can be any of it. Maybe not as specific as libraries, but, like, a kind of a bigger piece. Maybe a framework. Maybe something like WebAssembly. Maybe something brand new like C. Oh, totally brand new. 1972. I looked it up earlier. I didn't get to finish L- what it Fortran. was. Fortran. Yeah, Fortran. Actually, there was the build... You can build a website in Fortran thing. That'd be interesting. Um, I don't know. Like, I, I think that most of the... Most of the technologies that I'd want to use, I have used. I would say one thing that I really do want to get into that I never actually got the ability to do um, was like Spark and large data. Mm, yeah. Like I, I messed around a little bit with, um, oh man, what is that thing called? Hadoop. Not Hadoop, but the messaging protocol, Kafka. Mm. Ah, I remembered it. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I messed around a little bit with Kafka, but like building a whole. Not like I'm not going to be like really good at the the actual data processing because I'm more of like a infrastructure kind of guy. In in reality, I do a lot of like I do front end when it really doesn't pertain to CSS. <laughs> Mostly just a lot of JavaScript and a lot of app development. Yeah, but I don't. I mean, I I, I just I choose not to really know CSS. But um, yeah. So it's like when it comes down to it, I do a lot of JavaScript, a lot of infrastructure, and to get more into infrastructure, it'd be really cool to do a project that actually uses like a lot of streaming data, like really uses a redundant Kafka stream connected to like some kind of data processing system. Mm. So that would be cool. But what kind of project though? That's, I mean, that's the thing. Who knows? What, what would it be? I don't know. Some kind of like a, maybe some kind of like, maybe an idea for work. I mean, I work in advertising, so it's kind of like either a client would come to us with some kind of large data that's needed to be processed. But a lot of the times, if you're a company that processes large amounts of data, you would think that they would already know how to process data, but sometimes that's not true. But then they don't go to like their agency and they're like, hey, let's go to our creative agency and be like, hey, we need you to build a large data pipeline. Like there have been companies that have done that, but it's more like, we need you to process this data to glean business insights from it rather than like, we need you to help us collect this data and process it and do these kind of things. Yeah. Kind of like analytics on steroids. Yeah. Like analytics on steroids would be probably the farthest that it would, it would go would be you actually collect data from our website, process it, figure out something that we can do to actionably do something with our strategy at an agency. But you know, we have had people that have approached us to try to do like real data processing. Um, But often those kind of companies will have their own, data pro- like that's what they do like yeah, they already fix. have the data they've like, already collected the data yeah or like they've already processed it like let's just take a company that's not a client of my agencies like you have stitch fix like they already have a hundred data science people on right. the team and they would never come to us and be like 
you know, what we need you to do is look at our data and be like, can you tell us how we can glean business insights? What they probably would do is already have taken all of the data that they've collected and they would take it in and kind of synthesize it down to like some KPIs. And they would say, you know, we want to get more exposure to the 18 to 24 group that maybe doesn't get Stitch Fix yet because they're already in college. Like how do we make Stitch Fix more affordable or accessible for people that are in college. Like yeah. that's how they would come to us with like a brief and then we would create a strategy around it and maybe build them some kind of website or project around that. But they wouldn't be like, we need you to figure out how many of the 18 to 24 is like Stitch Fix. They don't mm-hmm. typically do that, but that kind of work would be fun to do. Very interesting, Greg. Trying to figure out some kind of system to collect, process, and analyze data. I wouldn't be doing the analyzing part because I, I don't want, I don't want to know everything. I just like, I like the idea of collecting the data, putting it somewhere, putting it in a data lake, figuring out how people can access it to figure out actionable information about it. More of like the infrastructure stuff. Interesting. Very interesting. You got, that, more, you got more true falses? That, that stuff that's been around though. So, but that's, that's good. Yeah. I like that. Mine is uh, Flutter. Flutter. What is Flutter? What is Flutter? It's, so it's the new uh, Google thing that is, actually does what React Native is supposed to do, right? Once run on... Does it actually Mobile. work? It's still super new. Like it's only been out for like a month or two. I mean, I can see their material design and their website. Well, of course. But the idea is that it compiles down to either iOS or Android. See, native. Probably compiles to C. I mean, clearly, <laughs> duh, for both of these. But Yeah, the thing, the thing about Google, and this is probably like a whole separate podcast, but like they build a lot of tools like this and then they'll like use it internally a little bit or sell it to some clients or whatever and then maybe they'll drop it. So who knows if it'll ever make 2 or 3.0. I mean, if it's a good idea, it will. But I mean, for a company like Google to actually get someone to use this, it has to be actually better than everything else. Well, that's the thing is I think that there is an opportunity in 2019 for mobile development for something like Flutter. Whereas React Native, people are a little bit a little bit sour on it. I'm not a it's big not, fan. It, the, yeah. Like for yourself, not a big fan. I'm not the whole a big Airbnb fan. situation. Like a yeah. lot of people, it, it really hasn't in a lot of ways lived up to the promise of right once run on any. It definitely does not. But it, what it does do pretty well is it has the ability to like write one segment for another. So you can say like, I originally built this for iOS and then there's this one part that doesn't work in iOS. So I'm going to say, oh, on Android do this. But that's not really right once run that's, everywhere. That's you not just it at all. are introducing bugs. When yeah, you do that's that. not it at all. I think Flutter is supposed to actually run on everything. Yeah, I mean, it would be very smart for Google to own this world. Like, if they can actually create a language that compiles both to iOS and Android, that's a pretty big leg up for them. Because yeah, all exactly. those Android apps that people are using can run on both platforms pretty easily, and that would be pretty smart. Yeah. So that I'd like to cool. dabble in that a little bit, see how it goes. Maybe if it can break the stranglehold on iOS development. I had this dream, Greg, where you could actually compile iOS apps on something other than a Mac. I, I don't. Mean, th- I don't think it'll ever happen, or it won't happen in my lifetime. But. I'm sure that with this, you probably still need a Mac app to compile. Well, you need you to still sign. need to sign it. Yeah, yeah. But you can do that in a. Uh, you can do that in like a headless server. Like you can buy a Mac Mini if you had like a shop, right? You can have a Mac Mini that you submit jobs to on like some kind of build system. Yeah. Circle CI, whatever. And then it sends over the code to that server to compile, then sends back a signed APK. You can do that. Probably, uh, yeah. 
I mean, you can zip it up, send the code over, have something else build it, get it back, and then there's other. There's also other uh, build systems for cross-platform building. There's one we used at work. I don't remember what it's called. But yeah, you can like build, have the build tools build on a server and it actually- Separately from your actual machine. Yeah, like they have a bunch of Mac minis chilling in a server farm somewhere yeah, that'll I bet there, there, there are services that do that. Yeah, there are. Microsoft should do that with Azure. I mean, they could, but- I would you know, pay the, for that. The problem with Apple is like you have to actually run the boxes. You have yeah, to have okay. the they Mac minis. It. But I mean, they just did double they just down do on- it. They just doubled down on Mac minis, so, you know. Just do it. They yeah, just I mean, do it. Microsoft could do it for sure. But I mean, like what, I mean, I guess they have an incentive if people start using it to build their stuff, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, you're not going to host it on Azure. It's, all, just about, build well, it on it's Azure. all about acquisition. Remember, the, the yeah, story so. behind Azure is all about user acquisition. acquisition. And they are capitalized enough <laughs> to where they can spend tons and tons of money on getting people into the ecosystem and then Amazonify like they did with Prime and just yeah. slowly increase the amount of services that you add for the same one price or whatever. I got a question for you. What's that? Speaking on episode 500 in 10 years, do you think Microsoft will buy Apple? No, because Skynet will have destroyed everything on, on the planet Earth. Who makes Skynet? Apple, Google, Ooh, Facebook? That's a good question. Or some other company? I would say the leader in the clubhouse right now would be Facebook. Maybe. I would say Facebook. I don't think Amazon necessarily has... They have a lot of data, but they just want to sell you stuff. Well, they want to sell you services, but they have a lot of... They but they're not actually of, trying to influence how you think or what you do, whereas no, Facebook and Google are completely different. Yeah, they all have a different way of approaching it. Yeah. Amazon just wants to provide you the building blocks to put together a system that allows you to do artificial intelligence. Yeah. And then Google's like, we're going to give you these really, really crazy, like really high-performance MapReduce type things that we've already configured or done or whatever, and we'll put them in like an elastic cloud and you can just process billions and billions of pieces yeah. of information. And then Facebook's like, you can pay us a lot of money to like glean information about your people, but we're never going to give you access to this AI. No, ever. Ever. Um, yeah. It doesn't so make I think, any sense I think Skynet them. comes from Facebook. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. Next question, Greg. Oh, is it, is it true or false? I've got one more. True. No, this, is, this one's open-ended. Oh, okay. This one's open-ended. What will be the retail price of this year's iPhone? The Lower. most expensive one. Lower. No, no, you have to pick a number. I have to pick a number? Um... You can say like which model and, and such either, but like I, I want to know think, a number. Man, you're gonna come back to me and be like, I told you so. But like, well, that's the whole being, point of predictions. They're Greg. being since it's open ended. They're being ringed right now, and a lot that's of the true. people in the market yeah. are starting to say it's because the phones are too expensive. Well, that's because they are. We've been um, saying yeah. this for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, don't well, have that. I mean that the the whole uh, the earnings revision. There, there's a whole ton of stuff going on. There's there. a lot we of things we, going on. We could, we could they blamed it on China, on but then some analysts looked at it and said it's possibly it's, not China. It's not China. It's let's, the pricing. Let's be real. It's the pricing. It's the pricing. It's, so, China, it's China because of the pricing. Like it's not. Yeah. It, it's the only. Other. So that's why this question is so interesting, Greg. Is that Apple has never been the company that goes, "Oh well, you guys are all right, so we'll lower the prices." They're, I think that they, the, they you know what that. I think they'll do. So do i think that they'll make a competitive iphone that's in a better price range yes i think that they're going to take the iphone xr type device and they're going to try to make it more competitive in okay. all aspects i think so it'll have more features what's the number that phone will be 700 bucks maybe is not what it is right now i think it's 799 so i think it'll be about the same price see that's what apple will do is they won't they won't lower the price of anything they'll just make the 799 phone way more competitive i don't think that'll matter though I think it could. 
how much will the XS whatever XS it'll be XSS now because it's the I, S. No, there's a lot of talk about what that will be. The eleven. Let's it, let's call it the eleven. What will, what will be the eleven max? Will probably be with like a two terabyte drive on it. I mean, no, but they see that's what they always get you. They'll lower the price of the entry one with the lowest space. But the top of the line, the one. top of the line will always be super expensive because of the price of SSDs and all this stuff. Well. That's what they'll say. They, they mark it up. How so? How much was? Isn't there? Wasn't there a one terabyte one this year? Uh, let's go to their website. Oh, is it five twelve? Which one do you have? You have the five twelve. I have to look because I have the mid model and I have no idea. I think it's the two fifty six. Let me see. That's what I was thinking. I think the top the top one was five twelve. S max. Yeah. So, the XS Max, the Verizon Finish. Hmm. Space gray. So the 256 is $1,249. I think that's what I got. That's a base XS but I pay Max, monthly, right? So, cause I don't have that much money. The base one is 1099 for a 64 gig. I think that if they, if they were smart, they would make the, the 64 gig or whatever size, the lowest max would be a thousand. And then I think the 256 gig one would be 1149. And the 512 gig could be whatever the heck they want to charge for it. The, the most, the highest space could be literally anything. So the economy of scale would be the lowest one would be a hundred dollars lower. I think that the mid one could be $50 lower. And then the top one could be the same price. It doesn't matter. What is the, what is the price on the highest one right now? The highest capacity one? Uh, 1449 14, by itself. Okay. And then, but that's the max. And then the regular one think is like a hundred less in each case but let me see so what do you think the most expensive iphone what see, the retail the, will be on that thing. one see you're asking a question that's like i'm trying to trying to get you to think Greg. i know but the, the thing is the most expensive one doesn't matter that's what apple's always taught people it's what the lowest one is okay so what what is so for the xs max which is let, let's say then the phone that you would hypothetically buy what what would be the price points for the three storage sizes so you're saying what nine ninety nine for I the I think nine ninety nine would be. And this would be smart. I think it'd be more competitive. Well, let me get back to the. Well, I, I want you to make a prediction, Greg. That's what twenty nineteen predictions are all about. I think that the, I think that the base entry max should be nine ninety nine or nine fifty even. I still think that's way too much money, but it would be nine fifty or nine ninety nine, and then the next model up would be like eleven hundred to twelve hundred, and the top of the line one could. I don't. It doesn't matter because they could make it have an extremely expensive hard drive and blame it on that. Like there's nothing different between the base model besides space. And then the regular iPhone XS. I don't care about the regular. I'm well, never no, but that's back. what I'm people, never, well, I'm never going back to a small phone. No, but that's what people care about because they you see that that's how Apple always gets you. It's always in what's the lowest cost, highest like uh, feature range one. And that's the XS. So the XS 64 gig is 999, which is what I think the Mac should be. And then the 256 is 1149, which is what I said the max would be. And then the big one doesn't matter because... I think the big one does matter, Greg. Well, it matters because... It doesn't matter in my mind because the the cost of the space is what's determining the price. And the space in the... At least the way they they say it, the price of the drive is not directly... It's not per gigabyte. It's not like a dollar per gigabyte. It's no, like some weird all economy of the, scale. The physical size is the same. It is kind of like an exponential curve where the, yeah. the larger ones cost more. Yeah, but so I don't think it really still, matters. There's still an insane Apple tax on it. So, let me yeah, let me let me teach I you about think, hot takes for a second no, here, on, Greg. Let me teach you. Let you me didn't tell let me finish you. the low end ones. I don't, I don't care about the low end ones. No, this is what I'm you're saying. wrong. You got to. That's what I'm saying. 
I don't care okay. what Lauren wants, right? Hot takes. This is how it's going to go, Greg. I don't want to make a hot take because you're going to make fun of me in excess a year. max about <laughs> yeah. how wrong you are. Yeah. I'm going to say this right now. Apple will not learn their lesson. I think they will. They will 100% not learn I their don't, lesson. See, that's what I was trying to get at. I think they, they will. will not. They will raise they will prices make... again another insane No, they amount. won't. They won't. They will totally. The no, they won't. Base level mm-hmm. excess max. The yeah. smallest, whatever. It doesn't matter what the hard drive is. The smallest available hard yeah. drive will be eleven ninety nine. That's two hundred dollars more. Middle one hundred dollars more than it is right now. The middle one, whatever it is, I don't. Maybe there. Maybe the range is like higher capacities or something. Let's say the bottom one is five twelve. Okay, so you're saying that they're giving you a lot more space, but or, or no? More. Let's let's do this. Let's do this. So let's say the bottom one is still five or two fifty six. Let's say the middle one is a terabyte, and they said the top line was two terabytes, which would be insane. A two terabyte storage phone. That's nuts. I mean, they have it in the iPad. I'm I mean, they sure would do the it. They could size. do it. Yeah. I bet they could do well, they it. Were, but they actually nuts. had to put more RAM in the iPad to have two terabytes. Maybe they put more RAM in it. It would be amazing if they did it. It would be. I don't know what you would use it for. I don't know what you'd use it for either. But let's yeah. say let's say two fifty six one terabyte two terabytes two fifty six is eleven ninety nine one terabyte is fifteen ninety nine. No way. Top of line one's two thousand dollars. No, you're, gonna, you're they're going to do it. No, I will call a magic. Take. There will be no two thousand dollar iPhone next year. Okay, no it'll way. be nineteen ninety nine. No, no, not even close. No Should way. we make a wager on it? No, I don't. That's why I didn't want to do this with you. No, <laughs> it's just fun to think about. But no, I don't want to wager you because I don't want to. Okay. They could do anything. They could make a two thousand dollars phone. But I, why would they do that? Because they're Apple. This is no. This they're is, literally losing. They just lost they a care. huge value of their company. They don't care. I think that it's they largely really due care. to the prices of the phones. Yeah, and then I, I foresee on top of this. You mentioned the stock price. There'll be a very large share buyback very shortly here, within the next quarter or so. Pop up possibly. Sure. Very easily. Yeah, they have a ton because of money. Because this is how this and their is stock is kind of underperforming, so they buy it back and levels buy it, it back. out. Yeah, but what, what my point in saying that is that they haven't learned anything. I don't know. I think that I think this is this is the thing. This is where it gets technical. I think what they'll do is they'll make a much more competitive phone that's an entry level phone that has no discernible difference between the higher end models and the lower end models. So, like currently. The iPhone XR is actually a pretty good deal. It's seven forty nine, and it has almost every single feature that the XS has, except for the cameras, the dual cameras. Well, the perspective is that that's part of the problem: is that there's not enough differentiation between. Well, there's a huge differentiation. You want a bigger phone, you pay more. That's the well. Big... Let's say let's say you're a small phone person, right? And this is the okay. other. Th- this is also goes back to something that ThinkBook said in the revision: is that you've got a person who currently owns. It's hypothetical. Person mm-hmm. who currently owns a 6S. Okay. Right? So this person has a handful of options. Option number one, an XS. Well, no, there's a ton Top more options. They well, could get no, an iPhone 8. <laughs> okay, well, let's start from the most expensive to least expensive. One, XS. Okay, sure. Two, XR. Yeah. Three, iPhone 8. Yeah. Four, battery replacement. <laughs> what was the last one? Battery replacement. The twenty nine dollar battery replacement. Sure, but they they are gonna. There's gonna be features in the software that are leaning more towards AR that are gonna want you to have the stupid button, the notch. Okay, so the notch costs you at minimum. No, the XR is the notch, and it's seven ninety nine. Okay, how much does the battery replacement cost? Twenty nine dollars. But you don't have the notch, and you don't have the emojis. Is that worth that? People the seem emojis. To uh, I think it's pretty cool. I use it sometimes. So it's seven forty nine for the XR. It's still too much. I know. I think what they'll do is they'll make that one 700, 650, 700, maybe. 
even if it's the same phone, this is what they do often. They'll actually have the XR next year for seven, 700 or 650. Same not the, exact not the 11R. Not the, the 11R. XR, the 11R. The, current, the same current XR, they'll drop the price down? They'll drop the price down. They'll keep selling it. They'll get rid of the iPhone 7. Maybe they'll keep the 8 as the lowest end phone. That'll be like I don't think either. No, no, both of us are calling next year. No, no, they don't. They Trust me. They'll keep the iPhone 8. They'll drop the 7. They'll keep the XR maybe, maybe exactly as it is, even though no one's buying it, which is just a misconception because it, it has literally everything that the XS has. It does. It has every single thing the XS has except for the screen, which arguably some people actually like LCDs more than they like the I, whatever their things are called. What are they called? The deep blacks? OLEDs, yeah. Some people like the L, the LEDs more than that. It has one camera, which Google's proven you can do a whole lot more with one camera than Apple's doing with two. Mm-hmm. Their, their two-camera system is dumb. And the newest rumors are that there's actually a four-camera system coming. Like I thought the, it was three. I saw th- I saw a render for three. Maybe it was two flashes and three lenses. I, I think know, it was three lenses and flashes. Was like a square had four like of them. Square, it looks yeah. nuts. It looks nuts. But adding more optical stuff is going to make it have actual pure optical performance. But what Google's proven is that you don't really need that. You software, just need really, maybe. really smart software. Yep. And you get the same photos to people that are looking them on screens. So I don't know. I mean, maybe they take the iPhone XR, which already has the AI chip that's in the XS and the XS Max. It has all the same processing power. It's the A20 million Bionic, whatever it is. It has all those chips. Who knows what it is? It yep. has all those chips and stuff. It has the same ability to do AR. It has the same ability to do deep learning on the phone directly. And they make a competitor to Google's single lens feature. And they make the Maybe. XR650. Maybe. And they market the crap out of it. I don't know. I don't... I, the management of Apple since Mr. Jobs passed away has not shown me anything other than the fact that they think that they can continue charging people these prices. No yeah, but it's what. not working. That's well, the they thing. don't care. No, I know, but it's not. It's actually not working. And I know we get in these arguments all the time about this, but it's not working. And I think they're going to pivot and they're going to do something different now. Does that mean that they're going to lower the price of the flagship phone? Hell no. It might even go up. For the X, the the twelve, the eleven, whatever the hell it is, might go up, but that would they'll have a reason for that. They'll be like, this is the most advanced three camera system with two flashes and ring flashes and all this crap. Whatever's in this camera that's supposed to be crazy. Two terabyte drive. They'll do. You don't need space on a phone. They'll do all that. I mean, you do if you're recording four K video, maybe or eight K, even maybe. Who knows? They could add that. But you know, they'll they'll do all that stuff. They'll make the camera system better. They'll give it maybe more space, but I don't really see the point in having space on a phone. And maybe they'll make it more expensive because it becomes more of a premium commodity device. But then they're going to have to create a device that's entry level. Yeah, the the problem with the pricing is that nobody cares about the premium. Well, they, they do have this problem where they create a lower end phone that costs, well, not even lower. They create a phone that's different, the XR. And they try to market it, but they're they're constantly trying not to overmarket it to shadow out the XS. So the XS is really what they market, and but the, the XR is, is this other thing. But the thing is that they're 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 telling on themselves by doing that, right? If your products are sufficiently differentiated, then you don't have to well, care about the marketing. They're making them more just, differentiated, the but X- they're, that's what I'm saying. They're not. If you have to do a marketing trick in order to make sure well, that one doesn't cannibalize the other, it means that they're too close. Yeah, but they made them too close because people asked for them to be closer. That's why the XR and the XS are this kind of similar. They have the same guts, same processor. Everything is the same except for the screen and the camera lens. If that phone is $599, they won't be able to keep them on the shelves. Yeah, but that's what they they might do next year. 
They'll let you trade in your iPhone 6S. That's no, what they're not, doing. No, just straight retail price. They're going to go from seven, 700 something to 599 No way. Absolutely no, they'll go not. from 750 which is what it is right now. It'll be 700 or 650 and they'll give you $100 for your 6S. And there will be a differentiation between the two phones because the XS will have the three cameras, the whole camera array with some crazy stuff. And that'll be enough of a differentiation between... And I'm not saying it's going to compete with Google, but they'll they'll market it as being an SLR in your pocket. And they'll say that the XR is just a regular phone. And maybe they'll add some of the artificial intelligence to make the XR take better photos, but it will not be as good as the XS. If and the that's XS, how they'll differentiate it. If the XS does 8K60, it'll be worth every dime. Anything, anything other than that? You could still no, do 4K 60. They do 4K 120 just right now. It's the, they do 4K 120 right now, but that's easy. That's but what the I'm saying. iPhone is one of the most number one used. Now, this is a misnomer in marketing, but it actually is one of the number one most used cameras for recording. For filmmaking. For filmmaking. That's because they just use whatever's in their pocket. Like filmmakers no, no, are that's not That's the marketing people. gimmick. Well, that, that yeah. people, use, but I mean actual filmmakers have filmed movies on iPhones. Right, because it's what they have in their no, pocket. No, like because it actually has really good video. It does. It has really good video. I don't know if it's, as, if it's better than Google, but it true. has really good video. That's true. But it's also because it's what they have in their pocket. Maybe. But I mean, it also does record really good video at 120 or 60 hertz at 4K. And if it has enough space, it can record a ton of video. I don't know. I mean, I think that that is what they're going for. But I personally think, from my point of view, the camera is not enough to sell me on it. No, it's not. So I think they really need to do some stuff with... If they're really going to be pushing these, like... If they're going to move the chip that's in the iPad, which is a ridiculous, powerful chip, if they're going to put that in an iPhone they really need to make it the phone dock and yeah. have an actual OS like some of the Samsung ones that have decks yeah. and stuff. Like, they have to do something. Otherwise, what's the point? It's not a computer. It could be. I it mean, their be, iPad marketing is like a computer, unlike any computer. You can ship all the hardware you want that can make it a computer, but if you don't have an OS yeah. that can actually make it a computer, it's not a computer. But I think that I think that my bet is that what they're working on with iOS 13, I don't know if it'll fully be realized in iOS 13, but they are working on making it have more of an actual use as an actual hardware. This iPad Pro is screaming, screaming computer replacement, but it's not because their it's software not, isn't up. Because the software sucks. It doesn't suck. It's just not up to what you would expect it to be, to be a full computer you, replacement. Th- you literally can't access the files on that thing. Well, they're, they're work, they're, I'm pretty sure iOS 13, some of the rumors on the street are that it's going to be able to read file systems oh. off of thumb drives. I'll believe it when I see it. It's coming. It's coming. There's no reason why they don't do it. If the new iPhone... Mm-hmm. Has 8K60. You're making you do these things where you uh, make these no, no, weird. No, let me let me finish. This <laughs> is a very interesting one. Uh-huh. If it has 8K60, yeah. If it has a two terabyte drive, okay. USB C, maybe, and no notch. They're not gonna have no notch. I'll buy it. Wow, but they're not gonna have no notch. But not, I would say that the the iPhone in three years will be what you're talking about. Are you gonna buy an iPhone? No. If they do all that this year, oh, I will buy one. Oh, you put these weird conditions on it. This year? This year. I you want to prove you want to prove to me that you're actually innovating the phone space, give her that notch. Th- that the thing Switch is nobody has got no one has gotten rid of the notch. And USB-C is possibly coming cuz the iPad has it. They're not like they're, they're, a- I want AK60. Show me what that chip can do. I don't know AK60 FPS camera, like how much does that actually cost in the? I mean, you're looking at like a, some kind of red or yeah, they're going to be the reds. Uncanny. 
The black magic, I think that's the red, magic. Right? No, black magic is, is like their a own thing. Red. No, no, no. Black magic is their own thing. Okay, that's twelve hundred dollars, but I don't know if it's so. The Sony AS A seven S three will shoot at eight K sixty FPS and four K. That is rumored. That camera hasn't come out. <laughs> yeah, but what's the price range going to be? An A seven S three, you're looking at about two thousand for the body. Yeah, so you're saying that you want something that's equivalent to a two thousand dollar body in a in a. See, that is when the phone will be two thousand dollars. That's what I'm saying. I don't it's even a care. It's $2,000 body I for think camera. it's going to be $2,000 no matter what. I regardless don't think so. You, of it you is. said that about... But if it has all those things, even if it costs $3,000, I'll buy one and I'll switch. That's how confident I am that none of those things are going to happen. Hmm. Well, you can have that, but I, I don't think that they're going to do that. They're not going to be able to put something that costs $2,000 on a body of a camera inside of an iPhone at a tiny little sensor. I mean, they, said that, they said that about 4K60 though. Yeah, and they 4K did it. 4K60, 4K120, and they did it. They did it, yeah. But so. AK is a different beast. It's double the amount of pixels, which means that the actual... I don't think that they can make an It's not AK double, it's four times, Greg. Come on. Okay. Math. Yeah, whatever. So, I don't think that they can... I don't think that they can put that many pixels on a sensor on that size. But then again, they are building that ridiculously large back. So, who knows? It could have AK. And that would be an Apple thing to do. That would be an Apple thing to do. AK sixty. That's it, what I they want. could do. If they're if they're gonna do AK, they're gonna do it at sixty. They're not gonna do it at thirty. AK AK thirty would <clears throat> probably look atrocious. Yeah, but I don't think they're gonna right. do it. It's like AK sixty, if they do. Well, it. when four K first came out, if you were shooting four K, if you were looking at four K at like four K twenty four, uh, four K twenty four, it didn't look. It yeah. looked terrible. It looked awful. So you almost have to you almost have to shoot four K at thirty. Yeah, but I think AK will. AK sixty no notch. USB-C, well, the no notch is the thing. Drive. No one has no, not even Qualcomm, who they're literally being sued by, has the technology to get rid of the notch. Well, Apple's supposed to be better than everybody else. That's why they charge so much. But they buy the they buy the lens technology. They buy the screen technology from Samsung, and Samsung doesn't even have a phone that doesn't have a notch. They have the little pinhole thing, which is the closest thing they've got. The pin the pinhole's worse. I yeah, almost I know. I, oh, it's and it also doesn't have the same. It doesn't have it the same technology as the iPhone's notch does whether or not you agree that it needs all that technology, but it doesn't have the dot radius like thing that shoots the lights on your face and like measures your face. It doesn't have that. It does the unlocking feature with just some crummy AI that isn't as reliable. You know what is also equally as unlikely as getting rid of the notch completely hmm. is giving me an option to just black out the ears. Black so I don't see the, the notch. I mean, that would just have, then they would... So I'm still using the screen space up there yeah, for all my yeah. indicators and stuff, but I don't have a thing sticking out into my actual visual screen. I mean, they should have done that. That is honest. literally the easiest thing to do. They they, they, they wanted to either. be courageous. I know you hate Hashtag that phrase. Courage. It's hilarious. But they wanted to be courageous. Yeah, They're like, if you're going to have a notch, you're going to have a notch. And then in the iPhone XS Max, like the XS series, they tried to hide the notch and they're now being sued about it, which is ridiculous. Well, they did hide it. You saw those pictures. Okay. It we doesn't wa- mean no, you can we get watched sued that about one. It. We watched that one together. That was the one that we watched together. Yeah, but you can't be. And sued the about first that. thing I said when they showed that photo, they were like, "Oh, so they're hiding the notch now? That's cool." Yeah, I know, but I I just don't think that that really counts. Like they're they're not actually hiding it. I don't know. People are dumb. Mm, if you okay. think it doesn't have a notch, just because that marketing photo doesn't have it, you're dumb. Well, Apple has a lot of money. They can just. And the next photo down on their website shows the notch. Clearly. Toss out a couple of bucks, make it go away. It's fine. I mean, look, it shows it that when you expand, you're not looking at it, but when you expand the photo on their website, it pops out. The notch is clearly there. They just wanted that cool, their little cool marketing photo. But when you move it down, boom, there's a notch. So they're not really trying to hide it. They're just being marketing yeah, people. I don't know. 
I don't know. It seems like it would be an easy enough lawsuit to just pay off. But I'm sure they will. Knows? We're not lawyers. I just think people are dumb and they shouldn't sue them for it. But whatever. Whatever. It's fine. I mean, I don't know. I, I think you'll get, you might get an AK. That would be an Apple thing to do. AK60, but you will not get rid of the notch. What was your other option? USB-C, two terabyte drive. You might have that. I don't know about the two terabytes, but you might have a terabyte drive and you might have USB-C. No, I want two terabytes. But the thing is, the, the I don't think that the USB-C thing is them actually being like, we're not going to put USB-C or it's too big to put on the phone. Like there is a wide assortment of, of lightning compatible devices that people have. And it would be like Apple to be like, now it's USB-C and you just got to buy all new stuff. But I think with the phone particularly, especially because they're losing so much money right now on phones, not losing, but they're not gaining as much money as the street wants them to. I don't think they're just going to remove the ability for you to use your lightning devices. Yeah, but people or have just adapters on phones. Like, come on. No, people just buy the adapters anyway. I mean, this computer has been so poorly received going back to this MacBook. This MacBook with USB-C has been so poorly received because it has no ports on it, but USB-C. I have like five adapters to make this thing work at my office. It's insane. Yeah, so once you make everything USB-C, you don't have to worry about it anymore. No, I so still, I have to plug four things into my computer to well, make... Well, you should buy USB-C monitors, Greg. What can I tell you? I'm not going to buy new monitors for a cable. Like, no, thank you. That's what, that's Tim Cook's... They at, don't make a monitor that you can do. And even if they did, I'm not a creative, so I wouldn't get do, one. You can do... <laughs> there are USB-C monitors. There's the official there LG are. 5K one. Yeah, but no one likes that monitor. It's not very good. But there are other USB-C driven yeah. monitors. But I, I Which, don't know. I mean, that's the dream behind USB-C. That's why everything should yeah, be USB-C. I don't, want, I don't want to have to buy a USB-C monitor. It's like, why, why do I want, I don't want to buy a G-Sync just to have my, you know, adaptive yeah. Ooh, frame rate. You're not going to need G-Sync, right? Uh, well, have you been watching the news? I have been. We'll see. You're not going to need it. My monitor has FreeSync, but it's only 60 hertz. Not going to need it. There's a, there's a list. There's Apparently, there's a list yeah. of FreeSync monitors. With all the ones that support 144 because... Because NVIDIA thinks that 144 is what's needed for V-Sync. Yeah, that makes sense. Or for G-Sync. Are any of them USB-C? I don't know. Ooh, I mean, do you really? That would I mean, be nice. You know what is pretty cool, though? I do have the USB-C to HDMI adapters. There's these really cool ones that I got on Amazon. They have like a really, really big, I'm showing you visually, they have a really, really big HDMI port on mm -hmm. the back. But the other side is just a straight USB-C. And it is really nice being able to plug that directly into the monitor, even if it's HDMI. No like adapter dongle thing. Mm -mm. Just plug the nice little black cable on the side of this computer, two of them, and run two monitors in my office. And then and I powers, have right? the power comes uh, through. No, One the, these the ones way. are just two plugs. Oh. And then I have another adapter that my company gave me. It's like a knockoff of like the HDMI, Ethernet, USB, USB C thing. So on that I have an HDMI cable plugged into a third monitor, Ethernet, and uh what was the other thing? USB hub which is insane that I have to have a USB hub. Yeah, like an old USB hay hub. And then I have the power. You Those have a hub in your hub. I have a hub on my dongle. Dongle hub. Yeah, I have a dongle hub. And that, that just runs my, I think it runs my keyboard and my headphone deck. But you can't plug those things directly no, into this. Can't do it. So I have four plugs, one dongle, and a USB hub just to run my computer. So but it is pretty cool. What you're saying, Greg, is that 2019 is the year of USB-C? I don't know. if the, I, I honestly think that there's more to the iPhone getting USB-C than just technology. Like, I think that they totally could put it on there, but I don't know if they're going to. I think they might, but I think that they right now have this 
bifurcation between the pro level devices can have USB-C because they're like a completely different class of device. Yeah. And then the regular iPad still has lightning for charging and whatever. Um, that makes no sense. Well, it makes sense actually, because if you're going to buy the really crazy iPad, you're already understanding that you're, you're buying a, I mean, it starts at so 1099 or something. Why does this website go horizontally? I know you love that. Um, oh, the captured horizontal. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's a new abomination that they decided. No, the eleven inch starts at seven ninety nine. So you're you're kind of already the buying eleven inch iPad Pro. Yeah, the iPad. Yeah, Pro. but why would you buy an eleven inch iPad Pro though? You want the big one? No, people like the eleven inch. The big one's really big. But mm. I mean, the one terabyte one is fifteen forty nine. But I mean, you're kind of you're already buying into this high end device. So you're like. Well, and also the other thing the iPad has going for it is there aren't really a lot of lightning things that it could do before. The USB-C allows it to do things that yeah. it never used to be able to do. Yeah, and they've they've made a good choice in making the USB-C port like kind of class compliant and also leaving it very open. Yeah, what they should have done is added more ports though. It should have had two USB-Cs. On, on the iPad Pro? On the iPad Pro, yeah. Otherwise, what are they doing? I don't get no, it. No, they already want you to buy all the dongles, Greg. No, but nobody nobody wants to dongle out their iPad. Like, they should have just they should have just had multiple ports. <laughs> they already want it. you to have all the dongles. Dongles are the future, Greg. No, dongles are not the future. Their future that they believe in is USB-C type cables plugging directly into things. With so dongles, if that's the yeah. case, and the iPad Pro is supposed to be this like super special futuristic high-powered device, then it should have at least two USB-Cs. They're outsourcing their ports, Greg. That's what they're doing. Hmm. Right. I read I a thing. I read a thing today. You know, Mophie, the company that makes uh, battery phone cases. Yeah. They make one for the new XS that has USB-C. Amazing. Headphone jack. Oh, headphone jack. I thought you were going to say USB-C. <laughs> the headphone jack. They're outsourcing the headphone jack. No, I mean people are creating in, uh, creative solutions for having it. The only time that I have the, the the phone without the port, the headphone port, the only time I ever miss it is on an airplane. And I don't mm -hmm. fly yep. that often. That yep. is the only time I ever miss it because I have the AirPods. They're amazing. Now, the <laughs> actual device. You haven't been reading the memes about the AirPods, have you? I don't care. I just use them. So, like, the actual way that they look is really stupid. Yep. But I do have the braggies that go in your ear. And when I'm walking, I can hear my steps very annoyingly because of the way they capture all your ear. But there, there are newer ones that have gotten really... This might be the year of wireless. Probably, yeah. Wireless but earbuds. The, the AirPods, I don't have that problem when I walk. They actually don't ever fall out of my ears. I do think they sound pretty good. And I do like high-end headphones. Like, I have headphones and I have we, good, we, we've talked about this yeah we, we know so I like headphones I like the sound that comes out of good headphones and I think that the airpods do actually sound pretty good for what they are I mean they're great for listening to music they're great for listening to you know basic music and listening to podcasts sound amazing on them and I walk and I mine I think I've used mine so much that the battery is starting to not be as good so <laughs> Because they have those little tiny little beady batteries in them. So I don't know how long they're supposed to last. Air, AirPod gate? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I do. They have I, firmware, right? Um, yeah. They, I've, no, I don't, I don't. I've never had to update them. So I don't know. They probably do. But I mean, I use mine every single day, at least an hour and a half per day. I get the appeal. They're good. I, I think that one of the things for me in 2019 is that now that I own a phone that no longer has a headphone jack, I am looking into these yeah. wireless earbuds more than I did before. The, the thing that's crazy about the AirPods is just like the, the original plan for the AirPods was that whatever device they were near, 
they would ask you and they would connect to it. That was the dream. It yeah. never happened. What is cool about them though is that they actually bind to your account so that every single Apple device that you own, they appear on. Mm. So I can go to my Apple TV and it's like your headphones. My headphones are called white noise. Sound, it's a sound reference. Yeah, nod, uh-huh. So they are on my Apple TVs, both of them in our house. I think mine showed up on, because I have an Apple TV on my account that I registered and she has one on her account. So her headphones showed on hers, mine showed on mine, and then we added each other's to the other Apple TVs. Mm. So anywhere you go in the house, like you can just, you know, you can't tell Siri to like connect the AirPods, which is kind of annoying. You have to like go to the settings and like do a bunch of stuff to make them work, which is very annoying. But when they do work, you can just listen to and control the volume on them directly from the headphones. It's really cool. Not the headphones, but you can, when you raise the volume on the remote, it raises the headphones, Mm. which it naturally would do. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, all that stuff works really well. And then they show up on my iPad, they show up on the Macs, and they show up on my phone. Well, there are are third-party wireless headphones now that are starting to catch up to that. Like, I know that the new, I think the Sennheiser, the new Sennheiser ones, the noise-canceling over-ear ones, Mm-hmm. Uh, do the thing where they connect to all your devices that are in the proximity and you can actually choose like which one to be on. Yeah, that's pretty it's cool. It's not fully kind of integrated like the AirPods are, but those wireless chips are catching up to that. Yeah. That I mean, seems like it was one of the 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 one killer feature of the AirPods that I'm connects sure everything. Be, I'm sure it'll be part of Bluetooth 6. Like it, it's coming. Yeah, probably. Or it may already be something in Bluetooth 5. I don't know the spec. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing some more research on those and picking up probably another pair of over ears and a pair of earbuds. I do not have a pair of over ear good Bluetooth headphones yet. Yeah. The, you'll have some options. We'll talk about these more. I feel like this will be an ongoing thing. Yeah. I do. I do want a good pair of wireless over ears for like planes, like noise canceling ones. Yeah. Like I have you, the, there are a lot of options. Yeah. You, I know the you, Sony ones are really good. The Sony They're ones like are really good. Bucks. The new, uh, the new Sennheiser ones I just mentioned. Those QC35s are still really solid. I have the 25s really or whatever, solid. so I don't want to like get an They're upgrade. They're still really good. Uh, let's see, Bowers and Wilkins pair. PX, Master and Dynamic just came out with one. There's a few. I mean, CS is still going on, so we'll see if there anything comes out of there. Yeah, but I have not been paying attention. You're going to have like the choice between like probably four or five really good options. Hmm. So something to keep in mind. Greg, do you, uh, do you have any picks for us this week? Hmm... Not really, no. Did you get anything good for Christmas? Uh, yeah, I got... I guess I, guess I do have a good pick. Um, my girlfriend got me the Lego Saturn V. What? It's so dope. I put it together in like four hours. What? Like five hours. It's 1,954 pieces. How big is it? Is it like tall? Is it like uh, it's as big as your table. Oh my goodness. It's huge. And that it has amazing. this like really crazy lattice work inside. It was really fun to build. Yeah. It's got I this bet. like really interesting way that they like built up the fuselages and then they have these like connectors on the outside to put the plates on and it oh. looks really cool. It like disconnects into all the phases and you can put the moon lander oh, in the like tip. Oh, like the boosters like come yeah, off Yeah, the stuff? boosters oh, come wow. out. It's really That's cool. Neat. Yeah, I got that and uh, we got each other like an exercise bike. So we have a new a new bike at home. Not a Peloton. but It's like not a, the Peloton. <sighs> No, you don't need the Peloton is nice, but it's like two grand and you can just buy their service. You use it enough to where it would justify I use it every it. day. 
but dear listeners, we have Greg and I have talked about this IRL in several occasions where he Peloton. should buy a Peloton. He just doesn't want to. I like them, but and I no, I don't. I don't want one. He'd I rather got a spend. He'd back. rather spend that money on a phone or Destiny or Destiny. But. No, but I got a Diamondback one, and the the upgrade on this one is that it has a it has a little screen and it has buttons to control the resistance and mm-hmm. it's magnetic resistance. But it's not like the Peloton. But you can be like, I want level seven. Yeah, and it goes to seven. And this one's better quality than the one. Yeah, the other ones are buying like these cheap, like two hundred dollar ones that that come from China that have like. So what happened on them is like the pedal would break, but then if you look inside the pedal, it's like this this like composite metal. They're you like can see the air gaps. It's not forged. Mm like black armory, you know, it's not forged in a forge making the gun for you, you know, but it's like, just like this cheap metal. That's not that great. Yeah. That sounds like a good upgrade though. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Um, what else did I get? I don't know. I think that, I think the Saturn five one was the big one. I got a, Oh, I got a Bob Ross coloring book. Nice. We were watching Bob Ross one day. Do you have to use watercolors on it or do you? They're watercolor pencils. She got me. What? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, she got me some other stuff. That's pretty neat. What? Oh, the other pick that I would have, if I can, since I usually don't have one. Keep going. I got a Hopsy. It's the beer thing. They have like a little beer keg. It's a home keg thing. They make your own beer? No, no, no. It's like a, sorry, it's like a, it's like a dispenser keg thing. But then they send you these things called torps that you, you have to buy them. They don't just send them to you for free. But like you buy these things on their monthly service. It's like 60 bucks a month. They send you four torps where one of them is, the equivalent of a twelve pack of beer, and it's all craft beer. Oh, it's like a like a like a dispenser. It's, it's like, like a dispenser a of the tap. beer. It's like a fancy tap. yeah with the tap and everything. Mm. And I got two of the torps, and I went through them like in a weekend. So I, I'm gonna need a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually the perfect gift for you, Greg. This is amazing. Yeah, you'll I got, have, for, my, I got for myself actually. That fancy one. fancy uh, beer. And yeah, I have enough that. of it to get through, and you'll have a fancy tap. That's cool. Yeah, you should come over and drink some. The tap's pretty cool. Um, I, if I have any at the time that you come over, you just tell me and I'll make sure I save some. Okay. But they have, it's really good. Really tasty beer. It was really cool. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah. What so are your for picks? me, my picks are also Christmas gifts. Uh, so, so I got a camera flash. Uh, I got the young new 560 Mark four, which is very well known. I don't know where it is. Yeah. I'm looking at your cameras. I was wondering if that thing next to it is, but that's an air freshener. No, that's an air freshener. <laughs> No, so I got the uh, a camera flash, the Yongnuo 560. Is, is that because they don't or, make flashes for, for, for the cameras you buy? Or they... Um, it's a speed light. I mean, there are a lot of different speed lights out there. You could very easily spend three, $400 on a yeah, speed Yeah, I mean, light. I have the Nikon SB900 um, speed light. I don't think Fuji makes one. Yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah. I don't know. But the third party, like the Yongnuo one is... Um, if you weren't aware and you went on Amazon to look this up, it would look like a cheap Chinese knockoff. Yeah. It is a Chinese company, but they actually make a very, very good flash. And it's, it's 50 bucks, 55 yeah. bucks. Uh, it's very solid. So I picked that. I got that for Christmas. Very excited about that. Very excited about picking that up. And your camera support, one of the things that I remember when I had my uh, my Nikon D7000 years ago, mm-hmm. and I have the SB900, but the reason why I got the 900 is because it could be the controller of multiple multiple flashes. So Yongnuo has transmitters. Oh, so you they can, have a separate transmitter that can control groups and multiple flashes. So you can like for like five hundred bucks, you could have like ten flashes. And yeah, controllers. That's so really it'd cool. Be, it'd be it'd be hella cheaper though. Yeah, because like the Nikon stuff, it is was, cheaper. I think it was five hundred for the nine hundred, and then you can get like the. Well, they have all new models now, but you can get the. You could get the SB seven hundred for like two ninety nine, 
Yeah. So if you wanted a two flash system at the minimum, it would have been like four, five, six, seven hundred bucks, eight hundred bucks. Yeah. I don't I don't need all that. I just have the one right now. Having two um, is pretty cool. Because you get the front and the side lights. I think eventually I will get, get to three. the point where I need to <laughs> check it five. No, just three. Because then you have the front light and the two side or like the one that's up and then the two. You can, you you can do actually lot, do yeah. lighting with three of them. But you need like a, a space to need all those lights. I mean, you have an apartment. I don't know what. I mean, this is not really. It should be your studio photo. slash photography studio. I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, one of these days when we have our podcast studio, we'll make sure we incorporate yeah. photography studio aspects to it. I digress. All right. Young Nuo 560 Mark IV. Fantastic low flash. Really, really good. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I got. Uh, for my girlfriend is I got two tickets to a so far Bali. sounds concert. No, not 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 <laughs> not Bali. I've a what concert? Um, I've already been to Bali, Craig. I don't. I know. know I remember this. <laughs> uh, this is called So Far Sounds, and so what So Far Sounds is they they put on these shows, these music performances. They don't tell you who's show, who's playing. They don't tell you the location. But it could be uh, Kanye West. The, the day of it could be. Oh. It could be. They're typical. Cool. I think they've had uh, in their promo video they had Ed Sheeran on one of them. Before cool. before he was at that would be a nice little date. Yeah, it was fun. So Dude, we went. Sharon could woo your girlfriend. No, he's not that good looking. Um, oh. We went last night. It was in uh, Venice. It was in this little. Uh, it's kind of like a hostel in Venice, but they had this backyard that had some. So it's uh, like trees an intimate concert. Yeah, it's kind of chill. Yeah, like you saw on the grass cool. and like BYOB and all that. Uh, so that was fun. That was a blast. I had a good time. Who there. was it? Kanye West. Uh, the performers <laughs> were the first one was a guy named Nat. Oh, I'm gonna mess his name up. I'm gonna look this up. I post a couple of pictures on Instagram. Check me out. Check me out there. I don't want to mess his name up, guys. All right. So the performers were first one was Nat Lekoff with his friend Jamie Symes. Was that like like electronica? No, indie? it was uh, two guys with with guitars with acoustic guitars. That's cool. Uh, kind of chill, folksy type mm -hmm. of thing. He's from NorCal. Uh, he's good. And second guy, uh, second guy was named guy named Wayne Henry. Wayne Henry is a poetry slash spoken word performer oh so you got like a real indie yeah he was he was his stuff was he says it during his act he's like i'm gonna come up here and talk to some sad ass um and he was really good and the third act was a band did you wear a scarf no i did not i wore it we brought a blanket though because it was cold no you should have wore a scarf because you're listening to spoken words like snap what's the french hat thing what is that called a beret yeah you should have wore a beret no i didn't know like that's the thing you don't know you should always bring a scarf Santa Monica. You never know what it's going to be. It was in Venice, so I should have, yeah. Oh, yeah, Venice, totally. Um, and then the third act was a band called The Deltas, and they are like a bluegrass, blues kind of band. They're go they're about to go out on tour uh, all around the Southwest, but everyone was great. Uh, the cool. venue was really cool. It was very like intimate, kind of chill kind of show. Uh, so that's called So Far Sound. They put on shows in like all different kinds of cities. They have a bunch in Los Angeles. That's a really smart idea. Places. It was really good. Tickets are pretty pretty affordable, so it's definitely worth checking out. Um, they have shows on the weekends and during the week and all all over the place. So we'll have links to that in the show notes. That's cool. Greg, this episode kind of went a little bit off the rails, but it's okay. I think Doesn't it's Doesn't every episode do that? Well, yeah. I mean, we're... <laughs> I think we had an idea about what we were going to talk about and we didn't talk about it. We didn't, which is good because now we have more content. Now we have more time. content. More hashtag content for you guys. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be great. Greg, see you next week. Yeah, see you next week. Peace.